Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tennis Fanless Podcast. Ash Barty is your first Wimbledon singles champion. She has taken the women's singles title after beating Karolina Pliskova 6-3, 6-7, 6-3 in the final, uh, which happened just less than an hour ago. Um, as always, joining me to talk about the, the action and to look forward to the men's tomorrow is Marcus Ali. Hi, yeah, uh, thanks for having me. It's been a, a, a good match, a, a difficult kind of match to watch at times. I think both players really struggling with the, the heat of the moment and the, the weight on their shoulders of potentially a first Wimbledon title. But of course, Ash Barty is able to emerge victorious and it was very thoroughly deserved, in my opinion. Yeah, I look forward to seeing a lot more of Ash, just 25 years old and already won a two, a, a two Grand Slam titles. So, yeah, I think definitely the first of many and maybe we'll be seeing her back at that stage at Wimbledon in the next few years. Okay, yeah, let's just look at this match uh, a little little more in, in detail. I'm, I'm suffering from a little bit of a bad cold, so I'm going to let Marcus do most of the, the heavy lifting on this podcast um the first set quite an ugly set um you sort of touched upon that in in your uh intro there uh barty led it four love and five one at points uh, she ended up winning it six three after Pliskova, i think broke a couple of times um only one of those three games in the first set was was on Pliskova's serve that she won um went on to the second set barty actually led by a break she was three one up uh, so Pliska were doing really, really well. The, the number eight seed to um, manage to come back from a, a set and a breakdown to force a tiebreak and, and win the tiebreak comfortably, actually, um, taking us into a third set. I think if someone had told the crowd and, and anyone watching about 10, 15 minutes into that match that Pliska was going to be forcing a third set, uh, I, I, I think it would have been quite hard to believe them. Um, so real credit to Pliskova, but then in that last set, there was only really one winner. Uh, the only break point that Pliskova had was in that final Barty service game and, and Barty managed to, to hold on and uh, see the match out. Um, so yeah, Marcus, just before we, we praise Ash Barty, um, you know, a word on, on Karolina Pliskova, who I think did very well to sort of turn those nerves uh, in, into something a lot more today and then to make a real match out of it. Yeah, I think, you know, it was a real struggle for her, particularly in that opening set, losing the first 14 on uh, fourteen points on the bounce. I wonder if that's ever happened in a, in a Grand Slam final. I mean, I don't even think I've ever seen it in a, in a match. Um, so to lose it right at the start was you know, a, a real sort of head start for, for Barty, you know, breezing into a into a four-love lead. And then she kind of, the Czech player, kind of had to write off the first set despite, you know, winning the three games, sort of um, settled her nerves a little bit more going into the second set than, you know, it, at that stage, it really looked like she might not have hit a winner at all in the first set, but she managed to, you know, break Barty twice and then, yeah, go into that second set with a, a little bit more confidence. Um, I, I was disappointed overall with Pliskova. I think one of the main reasons she won the second set, she got a few nice net calls um, and, and Barty really, the, you could tell the weight of the title when you know, she served for the match at 6-5, uh, I think, yeah. Um, and then went, went on to lose it 
in the tie break. So yeah, I think the uh, Barty's maybe dip in level of performance was more of a reason why Pliskova ended up taking that second set. But you know, you've got to give give her credit for for yeah, just managing to put a little lid on those nerves um, when she really needed to. Um, but yeah, I think it was a maybe there'll be some comparisons to to Dominic Team against Alexander Zverev of this match, the way it sort of uh, sort of played out in a bit of a, a it, it was scrappy at times. Um, but it's always nice to be reminded of, of just how much it means to the players. And um, yeah, of course, Barty able to pull through. Plitsova, of course, in her second Grand Slam final, um, 29 years old, four years the senior of Barty, but it didn't really look like that on court. Have to say, um, it seems to be something that has plagued her in her career. Sort of final nerves. Um, obviously, yet to win her first Grand Slam. So I don't know. I, I did expect more. I think. I think the performance against Sabalenka in the semi-final, her serving was just exemplary in that match. And then to get broken um, first three times she served in 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 the first set was a real, real surprise. Um, so yeah, uh, mixed emotions about Pliskova. I think Barty was, was much the better player on the day and could have easily wrapped it up handsomely in straight sets. Yeah, I think um, Pliskova has now made the, at least the semi-finals of all four Grand Slams she she had at Wimbledon before this year, uh, which sort of I think I said on my last podcast with James Gray uh, surprised me a little bit. You'd think Wimbledon was would have been her strongest slam, uh, just generally with sort of the, the playing style that she has. Um, big serving, hard-hitting ground strokes. Uh, it does surprise me that uh, it's taken her this long to, to get past the fourth round at Wimbledon. But uh, I think we'll definitely see more of her at Wimbledon. Only 29 years old, still got a, a way to go. I think she's probably, you know, arguably, I think a lot of people would agree that she's the one of the best players on the women's side not to win a Grand Slam. She's she's been up there for a long time now and and has has been challenging, as I say, at least the semi-finals of all of the Grand Slams. The U.S. Open final in 2016, where she lost to Angelique Kerber. Um, I believe she served for the title in that match um, as well. So so that's two Grand Slam finals now that have gone to three sets. You might not have said this one was particularly close, but you know, two Grand Slam finals that have gone the distance. So I'm sure she's going to be um, really, really hungry to, to get that Grand Slam title. Um, just Ash Barty, uh, James mentioned it on, on our last podcast. Um, I think his phrase was one of the most underrated or underappreciated sportswomen uh, of all time. And I think, you know, the, the woman's five foot five, um, it's it's crazy. You 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 associate tennis with power, height, power, and th- this woman is, is five foot five. She's quite a bit smaller than me, uh, and and I'm not a tall guy. And uh, it, I really think it it is crazy that she can achieve this with that stature, particularly on grass as well. Um, it does stand out. Maybe you'd think a player more uh, inclined to success on the clay course, obviously winning her first Grand Grand Slam at the French Open. Um, but yeah, her style and the power that she can get and the way she serves, it, it kind of makes it irrelevant. Um, you know, th- that's a credit to her, that the fact that you don't really notice it while she's on court. Um, the way she runs around the forehand is 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 really skilled. Um, she's got great movement. Uh, she, you know, she moved a lot better than, than Pliskova today. I think McEnroe said on, on commentary that at one point it was like Pliskova had weights on her legs. 
and it really was um, the the mental side. Obviously, Barty in the first set and a half was far far better um, at composing herself. But yeah, I don't you know five foot five yeah does make it amazing, and um, we shouldn't ignore that fact. But yeah, her serving was was superior today, um, and yes, yeah, you know she really makes up for it. It's um, you know I, I wasn't really thinking that Denis Shapovalov. Would, would be a player with his physique to, to match up to the grass courts too well. But he obviously had a good run to the semi-final. You know, I know he's a much taller than, than Ash Barty, but um, it's interesting when you put their games into perspective that maybe physical stature isn't as as crucial as as maybe we think it is. Um, maybe we're just looking at the, the big servers that have done well at Wimbledon in the last few years. And, um, you know, maybe that is a bit a bit of a coincidence. But no, Barty's ball striking was was epic today. And um, yeah, she's made a sterner stuff. Um, she definitely doesn't make a difference. It's not a weakness. Um, and I'm sure she can press on and win many more Grand Slams. Yeah, one of the things we really talked about on that last episode was the placement on her serve. You know, power sometimes I think can be a bit overrated on a serve. She just is able to find the corners of, of the box all the time, especially in, in her semi-final match uh, against Angelique Kerber. Um, just looking ahead, uh, the US Open is the only Grand Slam she has not uh, made the quarterfinals of. She's been in the fourth round there twice, semi-final at the Australian Open and obviously has, has won the other two. She is playing the Olympics as well um, before the US Open. Um, I believe uh, her doubles partner uh, for the Olympics was, was up in her box today, uh, Storm Saunders, what a name. Um, but, you know, if we've just put the Olympics aside for a sec, not obviously um, not your, a regular tour tennis tournament that we that we talk about too much. But I think really going into the US Open, uh, I, I think Ash Barty is really going to want to better off fourth round. She's sort of won the two Grand Slams that you would say are the most opposite to each other now in terms of surface and playing style with the French and Wimbledon. The French being the slowest, Wimbledon being the quickest. Um Obviously, a semi-final, a home one in Australia. You'd think that she should be targeting uh, the US Open uh, as as world number one as well to, to have a really good finish there. And we don't really know uh, if Naomi Osaka will be playing. We don't know about Serena Williams' fitness. Um, you know, Swiatek we haven't seen so much of uh, on on the hard courts at Grand Slam level yet. So I think just an early looking ahead at the US Open, you definitely make Ash Barty favour uh, going in? Um, I, I think it depends on how much tennis Naomi Osaka plays before. Obviously, she's looking to play the Olympics and, and maybe how that might affect um, players going into the US Open. I know James touched on that with maybe the bubble life sort of creeping in and making it a bit more difficult to prepare for the US Open. So I think if Osaka can come in in good shape, she'll command the favourites tag obviously winning the last two hard-court Grand Slams on the bounce. But I'd probably have Barty after her. Um, I think, you know, as she nears 40 years old, I don't think we're going to be seeing Serena Williams maybe outside Wimbledon reach the top of those um, sort of bookies odds before before tournaments too often. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably say Osaka's just, just ahead of Barty uh, in terms of hard-court prowess. But, yeah, I expect Barty to be right up there and, you know, definitely make it deep into the second week. Yeah, and that is, of course, um, hoping that Naomi Osaka plays at the US Open um, and uh, can, can sort of overcome the, the difficulties 
that she's been going through uh, with tennis of late. Uh, so that's pretty much the women's final wrapped up. It's been a, a brilliant women's tournament at Wimbledon this year. Really enjoyed it from uh, Edda, sorry, Emma Raducanu, um, Katie Balter as well. You know, the, but both young Brits uh, put in some brilliant performances. Um, it was really, I think, you know, sometimes it is nice to see the upsets at the, the French Open. Uh, it felt like it was sort of anyone's game um, with sort of seeds falling here, there and everywhere and uh, ending up with a really unlikely final. However, with Wimbledon, I think it is a, it is nice when you see that the higher ranked players getting through um, and it really makes up for brilliant matchups in the end. And, and we had two brilliant semi-finals and, and a really good final as well today. It was a final that ran the risk of, of being a, a really bad match uh, after the first sort of five, six games with um, credit to Karolina Pliskova. She didn't win today, but uh, she did give the crowd uh, and the, the audience at home a, a good match to watch, which uh, I think is is obviously not as important as winning, but uh, it comes very close because it, it, it's all about respect. Um, the, the crowd will respect Pliskova so much more uh, for making a brilliant match of that, uh, as opposed to them being out of their seats after about 40, 50 minutes watching Barty win the title and also uh, lets us see a lot more of Barty and people can appreciate uh, more what a brilliant athlete she is. Um, we'll move on to the men's final now, um, that coming tomorrow. Um Should be two o'clock as normal. I'm questioning whether they might put it a little bit earlier because of the football in the evening. I'm hoping they move it to one just to be sure, but uh, I, I, I'm assuming they won't with ticket sales uh, already done. That will be uh, Novak Djokovic, number one seed against Matteo Berrettini, the number seven seed. Uh, I will get my humble brag in now. Uh, the the final that I predicted at the beginning of the tournament, even though Medvedev and Federer were on Berrettini's side of the draw. Uh, we'll start off by looking at the semi-finals from yesterday. Uh, we'll go through in the order that it happened. Uh, Matteo Berrettini uh, beat Hubert Herkash on his Grand Slam semi-final debut after he defeated Roger Federer in the quarterfinals. A brilliant win that was in itself. Um, Berrettini won the first two sets very comfortably, 6-3, 6 love. Out of nowhere, really, Herkash, a bit like Pliskova today, managed to make a match of it in the end, winning the third set on a tie-break uh, before losing the fourth, 6-4. Um, and Berrettini wasn't even broken. Uh, the serve wasn't even broken through the whole match. Uh, so, you know, massive kudos to, to Matteo Berrettini. Um, and I think it was a match we both expected him to get through. But uh, what what did we think of the fashion that Berrettini got through, particularly those those first couple of sets? Yeah, he really took the racket out of uh, Catch's hand in the end. Um, never dropping serve in the whole match. A guy coming in off of uh, beating Roger Federer six love in in the final set to then never go not not break Berrettini at all in the match was really impressive uh, from the Italian. Um, maybe some finishing line nerves in that third set tie break, but still he, you know, he kept his call immensely considering it was his first grand. It's it is his first grand slam final tomorrow. Um, yeah, I, I kind of like the way in the third set. I think he was definitely conserving energy once he'd got the break up and was just backing himself to to hold serve. And 
he did that emphatically really um yeah an incredibly routine win for for Berrettini I I was expecting five sets uh maybe her catches level did sort of uh go up and down a bit particularly in that second set of course the Italian taking it six love um but yeah he did not look like a player uh who was who was trying to reach his first Grand Slam final yesterday really effortless ball striking the slice backhand is is awesome um he can really use that in defense so well to to just slice straight back onto the baseline and it's quite a hard shot to attack um you know and I'm talking that outside of the obvious strengths of his his serve and and forehand so yeah I'm I'm confident that Berrettini could probably get a set off Djokovic but that's a conversation for a little bit later in the episode um so yeah an amazing win and yeah he, he really did exceed my expectations yesterday. Urkacz, you know, he's, he's had an excellent tournament. I think, particularly on grass and hard courts, we could probably see him at, at this stage a fair few more times in his career, just 24, of course. Um, so, yeah, great tournament for him, but it, it wasn't to be. Berrettini was was on fire yesterday. You know, without having it in my notes, I make that uh, an 11-match winning streak for Berrettini. Uh, if it was five wins at Queen's, might have been four, so it could be a 10 or 11 match winning streak um but you know they, they don't come around that often especially um for a, a player ranked where Berrettini is uh in a grand slam uh really really fantastic for the 25 year old it was his second grand slam semi-final but now making that a all-important final uh and, and it'll be really interesting to see how he gets on tomorrow because uh, he is a very mentally strong player I've never really seen him lose it on court you sometimes maybe can look annoyed at himself but you know what player doesn't um and and I think he really does need that that mental composure if he's going to challenge uh Djokovic who we'll move on to now uh, the world number one making his seventh Wimbledon final he'll be bidding for his seventh title he's only lost in one of those seven Wimbledon finals which was of course the the one to Andy Murray in 2013 uh was was involved in that epic final back in 2019 against Roger Federer uh, going to the first ever tie break at uh, 12 all in the fifth set he'll be hoping that he doesn't have to go on for for that long this time around but let's just focus on that semi-final now Uh, he beat uh, the Tempsey 22 year old Denis Shapovalov who um, I think really impressed Uh, Djokovic did win it in straight sets but they were three tight sets 7-6 7-5 7-5 Shapovalov plays a fantastic match, but just didn't turn up on the big points that matters. Um, you only, <coughs> sorry, you only sit hit uh, six double faults in the match, uh, but it felt like all six of those double faults were on huge points. Um, I think he double faulted on set point in the first set. He double faulted uh, to give Djokovic the break in the the second set. He double faulted a couple of times in the third set when when Djokovic was knocking on the door. Um, Though it was a fantastic performance from Shapovalov, he just seemed to lack the the, the bottle in those really big moments. Um, really nice words from Djokovic afterwards, saying to expect a lot from Shapovalov. Of course, only 22 years old, first Grand Slam semi-final, and, and he did a lot more than I thought he would do. Um, I think that's fair to say. I, I was expecting it to be a more one-sided match. Um, but yeah, main take on this final, Marcus, I, I think Djokovic, of course, was really good, but uh, I think it was disappointing how Shapovalov played in in those big moments. 
Yes, yeah, has to be one of the better performances I've ever seen in a, in a straight sets loss. Um, you know, his, his in, inexperience showed in the big points, but the experience of Djokovic also, uh, you know, he demonstrated why he is such a great champion. Um, you know, we had the contrast to the to the women's final today, and and uh, how how the pressure gets to people. It really doesn't get to Novak at all, does it? It's it's quite incredible how he manages to to temper that. Um, I, I saw quite a few people on Twitter comparing this match to uh, Federer beating Djokovic in straight sets at the US Open semi-final in 2007. Um, so quite a while ago, but apparently, you know, I'm just going off what other people are saying. I didn't see this match, but a match where Djokovic has had the opportunities to really take it to Federer, but on the big points, just, just didn't really step up. Um, you know, that's that's immense praise for Shapovalov, I think. And he really does put his name into the, the forefront of our minds when we're thinking of up-and-coming players after, for me, probably that performance even more than making the semi-final itself because he was really outstanding. Um, you know, his serving, he could really bank on that. I think until, he, I think he was, so he was 5-3 up in the first set. Uh, 5-4 serving for it and in those first four holes of serve he dropped two points um, he really came out came out on on top form um, so I think when once he can reflect on the positives I think he, he can definitely take a lot from that match the exposure a match of that you know that that occasion will definitely do him good um, he, he spoke about um, his, his match against Karen Hutchinov, how he was thinking back to his US Open quarterfinal against Pablo Carreno Busta and kind of thinking about where what he'd done wrong there and, and how to put that into, into practice and it helped him get over the line in the quarterfinal. Maybe he can do similar from this. Um, you know, I expect him to make plenty more Grand Slam semifinals. And before this, he was maybe a player that I thought was, you know, up and coming, only 22. But I didn't really take him as seriously as the likes of Rublev, Tsitsipas, maybe even Yannick Sinner and Felix Auger-Aliassime, a couple of years younger than him. But yeah, he's, he's really thrown his name in, into the hat and yeah, was excellent grass court tennis. He had a decent run at, at Queen's as well, of course, losing to Cameron Norrie, but after having to play a couple of matches on the same day. So yeah, a great tournament for Chapeau. But yeah, Djokovic is just the immovable object, isn't he? Um just unbelievable really um i'm sure it'll be rattling off the superlative superlatives for for a long time to go still um but yeah I, I did leave that match feeling good about shapovalov it was nice to see how much it meant to him at the end though it was you know very emotional um yeah he's, he's had a great fortnight and uh you know i, I expect him to to come back stronger yeah, I was just going to mention uh, how much does that mean to see Shapovalov so distraught at the end of that match? Um, because so often I think we see players losing matches like that to Djokovic. They go up and they're very appreciative of Djokovic at the net. And it's it's very like being in awe of this god uh, and, and everything. And I think it was quite refreshing uh, to see how distraught Shapovalov was at losing this. I mean, I, I think the only... Recent comparison I can think of was Sitsipas, of course, in the French, but you'd expect that because he won the first two sets. Um, but even just to lose in straight sets um, in, in a debut Wimbledon semi, I, I think it's really important to see that it means that much to Shapovalov. And I, I'm not saying it means anything in particular going forwards. Um, I, I'm not saying that means he has better mentality than, than other players, but... Um, 
I do really like that reaction. Um, you know, you don't like to see a player upset, but you do like to see how much the, the sport means to them. So, um, yeah, I, I think that was quite refreshing to see. Um, looking forward to the final now, Berrettini against Djokovic uh, tomorrow. Uh, they played twice, got a 2-0 uh, in favour of Djokovic head-to-head. Uh, Djokovic beat him very easily uh, just at the expense of just three games in the... Um, ATP World Tour Finals in 2019. Um, but they faced each other at the French Open uh, just last month, I think that would have been. Um, and uh, Djokovic won the first sets, first two sets, sorry, quite comfortably. Uh, but Berrettini managed to win that third set off of him and make quite a, a go of it in, in the fourth set. Uh, I think losing 7-5 in the fourth set in the end. Um, what I said to you, Marcus, yesterday when we were, we were chatting on our DMs is though Djokovic of, of course is a huge favourite for this and I, it is hard to see Berrettini winning it I think after that tournament last month uh, you can't say that Djokovic is stronger on grass than he is on clay because he was unbelievable on clay when he beat uh, Nadal uh, last month uh, and and to come back in that final against Tsitsipas However, I think you could quite come to me say that Berrettini is a better player on grass than, than he is on clay, having not even lost on grass this season. Um, so do we think, you know, the, the fact that Berrettini got that set off of Djokovic at the quarterfinal in the French, do we uh, maybe think that that he will have this in his armoury, he will he will keep that in his head and, and know that he, on especially on grass, has a real chance of, of making a good match of this? He's got plenty of reasons to be confident, definitely. Um, I, I feel confident in him too. I mean, the the nerve that he showed to to make light work of Urkacz suggests that hopefully he won't be in awe of the occasion tomorrow. Um, just looking at the Shapovalov match, going, going back to that, I know Djokovic, you know, best returner of all time. But you know, when, when Shapovalov hits an incredible serve, it's still an unreturnable serve against Novak Djokovic a high percentage of the time. Obviously, his anticipation skills are incredible. But if Berrettini can serve like he did against Urkacz, even serve like Shapovalov did outside of the big points in the semi-final, I think he's got a great chance of winning a set or even two. Um, yeah, the, the key is on serve, really. I, I think it's hard to imagine Berrettini winning a set too comfortably. I think we'd all say maybe a 7-5, seven, 7-6, seven, uh, you know, 6-4 being sort of the most handsomely he, he he would be able to win a set tomorrow. But yeah, I think he must be so confident. The way, he's, the, way the serve is coming out is, is really incredible. Um, and obviously he's got such weapons, even if Djokovic does get the ball back in court. So yeah, I'm, I'm feeling really good about Berrettini. And I, I don't think... Fingers crossed, it isn't going to be a, a, a dispatchment like we saw at the Australian Open final with, with Daniil Medvedev. Um, I think Berrettini, yeah, is, is in the form of his life. And, you know, I completely agree with what you say. Uh, of course, it, arguably the biggest test that Djokovic had in the whole of the French Open, you could say maybe was Berrettini uh, in the quarterfinal. I know Sitsipas got a couple of sets, but once Djokovic turned it on, there was no living with him. Um, whereas Berrettini was able to 
to kind of claw back some some fight in that match. Djokovic only taking, as you mentioned, the fourth set 7-5, so he really had to grind it out. And we saw the reaction, the enormous reaction from Djokovic that went viral on social media after getting through in that match. So he really knows how far he was pushed there. So you would hope that Berrettini could push him even further tomorrow. So, yeah, I'm feeling very positive, um, you know, not, not, not getting carried away at all. This is Novak Djokovic we're talking about. But, yeah, the performances that Berrettini's put together, particularly against Urkacz and Felix Auger-Aliassime, would suggest that he's going to be very confident about this and, and hopefully, you know, he won't be phased by the centre-court crowd. Yeah, and of course it would be criminal uh, on, on a tennis podcast, not to mention that uh, if Djokovic does win this uh, title, he goes 20-20-20 with uh, the other two members of the big three. Makes it very interesting. Um, I think he's probably everyone's favourite to win that race with, you know, most people will probably agree that Federer isn't going to win another one. Nadal potentially only one or two more um, with with obviously his strongest uh, being the French and he's not come too close to winning uh, a couple of them for, for a little while now. Um, whereas, you know, Djokovic, I think, will, will really... He he won't give it away in interviews. Every time he, he has his stats given out, uh, you know that they, they'll always play it down. But I think out of the three of them, Djokovic, for me, I I really struggle to believe that he he doesn't go to sleep thinking he wants to be the best out of those three with the most titles. Uh, I think that is is something that will be hot on his mind. And and when he is ahead of those two, that that will help him sleep at night a bit. I think. Um, in terms of a prediction for this match, um, I'm just questioning, as you say, you know, Berrettini has the serve game to get a set off of Djokovic. Um, he can fight fight a set out in, in a tie break, 7-5. It, I, I just wonder, has he got the return game? You know, he, we've seen how amazing he is on, at serving on grass, but um, I, I just don't know how many times he can break Djokovic's serve. Um so, you know, the, the, there could be a few tie breaks in this match. I'm going to go optimistic. Um, I'm, I'm still going to say Djokovic, but I, I'm, I'm going to go for Djokovic in five sets. Um, I, I can see this being another Grand Slam final, a little bit like the French with uh, Sitsipas, where Berrettini gets very, very close. But uh, Djokovic is, is, is just too good and, and, and runs away with a, a fifth set. Uh, 6-1 or 6-2 in the end, but uh, I, I can see Berrettini uh, maybe taking it to five sets. So that's going to be my, my prediction. Yeah, put it this way. This might be a, a hypothetical kind of scenario, but if the Berrettini that played Urkacz plays the Djokovic that plays Shapovalov, this is an extremely close match. Um, you know, we speak about how well Shapo did to lose 3-0, but I wouldn't say Djokovic was even at his best in that match, um, he is going to need to need to step up if he wants to not have to sweat um, and, and not have to really grind this one out. So I like that you've gone Berrettini in five sets um, just because of the occasion and that it's 19-0 in terms of wins in Grand Slam finals. I'm going to go Djokovic in four. Um, but, you know, I think that could be a long, tight four sets. You mentioned the point about the return game. My hope in Berrettini is kind of that he doesn't have to worry about his return game. He serves so well. Um, but yeah, obviously he's playing the greatest returner of all time. So maybe that that isn't something you can bank on so much. I'm sure Djokovic will bring his A game. 
So yeah, I'm I'm gonna go for Djokovic in four. There you have it. Uh, both of us going for Djokovic. Um, I said on my own Twitter, uh, is it going to be weird to be supporting an Italian on Sunday? Uh, with Berrettini is going to be having my support, but perhaps feeling a little bit guilty with the the big certain football fixture that that's coming up in in the evening uh, tomorrow. Um, for that reason, we will not be recording after the men's final. Tomorrow, uh, we will be recording on Monday, possibly feeling uh, a little bit tired and, and downbeat. But if my sound was was any improvement on today, that would be uh, that would be something. Um, Marcus, thank you very much for joining me. My pleasure. Always good to talk about the tennis. Um, yeah, great set. Great stage uh, is set. And yeah, hopefully an amazing day of sport tomorrow. Yeah, hopefully uh, an Italian win in the tennis, uh, but certainly not in the football. Uh, Enjoy your day of sport tomorrow and we should see you on Monday.